Hi, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of Homicidal Tendencies. Today, we're going to be talking about the case of Jeffrey Dahmer, a.k.a. the Milwaukee Cannibal. Okay, so Jeffrey Dahmer was born May 21st, 1960, in West Allis, Wisconsin, to his parents, Joyce Annette and Lionel Dahmer. So as a child, he was outgoing, he was friendly, and a very curious kid. He loved nature and was fascinated with animals. And something that was weird about him was that really it was his dad's fault for encouraging this, but Dahmer and his dad would sometimes bleach the connective tissue and then the hair off the dead animals they found around the house and just leave a pail of bones and his family would call them his little fiddlesticks. Like it was cute or something. But it was like that. What was that one movie we was watching? I don't know. Where that girl was doing that shit. What you movie? Remember we was watching a movie and like the girl was like. It was, well, they thought it was a guy. I think it was Blind Spot. They thought it was a guy who was doing like the, the animal tying up the animals and shit. And then every time the police came, like the guy was just taking the downfall, but it really was the little girl. And I think she ended up kidnapping Jane. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it sounds familiar, but I was probably drunk when you watched it, so okay. who knows? Okay. But it definitely sounds like a blind spot episode. But yes, yeah, so, I mean, his day was really a fucking creep just like him, it seems like, honestly. So, uh, after moving around a lot, Darwin and his parents settled in Bath, Ohio. Once settling into their newest home, his dad noticed that he had started to become distant and quiet. So after seeing the changes over the next few years, his dad pushed him to be social and involved. You know, he tried. He bought him a new dog. He kind of pushed him to go out and interact with other kids. And then even later on, his parents allowed him to name his uh, newborn brother. He named him David. And even after all of that, nothing changed. And then to make things worse, his mother was admitted into the hospital for anxiety when he was 10. And then this just puts stress on the parents' marriage. So, shit, I feel like it ain't nothing worse than that. You said what? <laughs> it'll be okay. It'll be okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, look, back to the story. So, like I said earlier, Dahmer was really interested in animals. And when he got older, he started going off on his own, collecting roadkill and dissecting and exploring the inside of the animals. And I, I don't know, like he... <laughs> really, that's what it was. Like he wanted to see what was on the inside. And then even like around this time too, he started to become cruel towards living animals. Like he did something, he, he impaled a dog's head with a stick. And, like, who does that? You know, that's just some weird shit right there. That's a red flag to me. I'm just saying. And then he even... You got a problem, kid. Really, though, I don't know why no one said anything okay. about that. If my son on that, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to take him to the, to the clinic. <laughs> <laughs> Where is it? Oh, yeah, he's, uh, he's going to be away for a few days. <laughs> right. Got to do something. Do something. And then, like, he even was petty with it, too. Like, he had a favorite teacher, and he brought the teacher a bowl of tadpoles. And then I guess the teacher didn't want them, and so she ended up giving them to a different student. And then Dahmer found out, and he was like, oh, 
Fuck that. And he went and set the tadpole on fire. Like, unnecessary. But yeah, so while all this was going on, Dahmer was going through puberty and started having sexual feelings. And he realized he was only attracted to men. And then so with this realization came fantasies of not only having sex, but also having violence and cruel things like dismemberment. He was ashamed to be having those type of thoughts and he was scared to go and go to anyone about it. And so my thing is, I'm just saying, like, what if he had went to somebody for help about it? You know, what if he told his parents, like, I think I need a therapist. I need to talk this out or something like he knew he was having fucked up thoughts. No, 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 because he like, OK, he realized he was gay, but then he was realizing also like he was starting to combine sexual thoughts with violent thoughts with violent thoughts. Okay. And he was just making it into all one big fantasy. Because I guess he was still into the fucking with animals thing and all that. And at the same time, he was going through puberty. He wanted to hit something that he wanted, you know, play with a squirrel while he hit something. (laughs) Basically, really, like. That's weird. It is. And he was was still young when it's like this was happening. Puberty, so 12, 13, that type of thing, you know. So, okay. At age 13, he started trying to explore these fantasies. So there was a jogger in his neighborhood. I guess he started to scope him out or whatever. It, it never said it was a guy or a girl, but I mean, he was gay. So I'm assuming a guy. And he started scoping him out, I guess, learning his route and all that. And so one day he hit with a baseball bat near the jogger's route, hoping to get him and make his first kill. And he waited and he waited, but then the jogger never showed. So, and then he, don't, he just said, fuck it and left. God got me. Man, like... I'm just saying, who knows why that jogger decided to not go that day? Because, like, what it was looking like from the research and everything I did, he was going on that route, like, every day. You know, like, he had a schedule that he would do. So, he, he got lucky. He got lucky. He probably noticed, like... Maybe. <laughs> Since some little kid just creeping around and shit, always he watching you run. He want to write down in his notebook. hmm But, yeah, okay, so... Fast forward to high school, Dharma was drinking, attempting to self-medicate and forget about all these feelings he was having and stuff. Because, like I said, again, he knew he was wrong. Like, he knew it's wrong to want to kill. It's wrong to want to cut things up and cut people up. And so he just started drinking and stuff. Do I need to get you checked in? Because I'm just saying, I don't want to wake up one day in the middle of the night and you over me with a knife. Okay. All right. Anyway. But um, he had actually started drinking at 13, so he was already drinking. But I think it just got worse, you know. So, yeah. He would show up to school drunk. And, not, like, he wasn't even trying to hide that. Like, he was just, fuck it. Like, I was watching a documentary, and they interviewed one of his um, classmates. And I guess he had, like, a mug or a cup or a bottle or something. And I think she could smell it. And she was like, Jeffrey, what's that? He just threw it back, took a swig of it, and took a little laugh and was like, oh, it's my medicine. You know, I'm medicating right now. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) Okay, okay. So, after graduation, Jeffrey's parents divorced. His father, okay, look. His mom fucked up. His father moved into a motel, and then his mom just left with his little brother. And left him by at the house by himself. Didn't say, like, she was just like, fuck it, I'm leaving, I'm out, I'm taking your brother, fuck you. 
You know, like, and so he, he was just by himself at the house. His dad didn't even know this. Like, the mom didn't let him know. And like, oh, I'm about to move out, you know. Jeffrey's going to be by himself. Do you want to maybe move back in? She just said, fuck it, and left, which is fucked up. And I'm just saying, like, maybe even that took a toll on him, you know, like, damn, my mom going to pick my little brother over me. She doesn't want me, you know. So, yeah, I, I feel like, I don't know. She shouldn't have did that. That was wrong. But you are crazy. <laughs> but you I don't need that type of energy around us, bro. We gotta skedaddle. But the thing is, I don't even know if his mom really saw what he was doing. It's weird because his dad was doing the same thing. You know, his dad's over there, but his dad was um. And his dad left because he can't stand that you turned out to be like him. <laughs> nah, I don't know. But okay, so anyway. That was weird enough. I made another weird one. No, really, and actually, like, his dad ends up making a book at the end of this and, like, kind of talks about it, too, and I think he addressed that he was kind of similar to Jeffrey, but he never... I think he did. I'm not sure, so I'm just going what I'm saying. No, really, though, but he he said he never never did anything like that, but... (coughs) Okay, okay, back to the story. So, in June of 1978, just a few weeks after graduation, Jeffrey picked up a hitchhiker, Stephen Hicks. Dahmer took Hicks to his house and got him drunk. And he talked to him for a little bit, you know, just, I guess, soften him up or whatever. And then after a few drinks, Hicks decided he was ready to go home. You know, because really, I think, um, it only said it in one place. It said that Hicks was actually trying to go to a rock show. I think he was trying to get home from a rock show, you know, so he already had a long night. I, I, I said, I only saw it in one place. So I don't know how true that is. But, yeah, so Stephen Hicks tries to leave. But when he tried to leave... Dahmer hit him over the head with a barbell and then proceeded to strangle him with it. He cleaned up the mess and started to dismember the body and put them in the separate trash bags. So and he didn't even get no sex? No, he <laughs> I think like I said, he was trying, he was um giving him drinks and stuff, and then I think Steven tried to leave before he even got to make his advance on him. And then he was like, No, I don't want you to leave yet. I'm not ready for that. And my mama left. Then you're gonna, you're gonna shut go. up. <laughs> I don't want to blame it all on his mom, oh you know. God, don't let's not do that. Let's not do that though. Let's not just blame it on his mom because <clears throat> he was already fucked up anyway. Just you know, yeah. who knows what was really the stressor, what really set him off. Yeah. But yeah, so he hit him over the head with a barbell and then proceeded to strangle him with it. He cleaned up the mess. He started to dismember the body, put them in a separate trash bag. Then he got in his car and was headed to the dump, you know, to dispose of him. So, like I said, he was he was drinking earlier, so he's drunk right now, getting in this car, heading to the dump. So he's swerving a little bit, you know, drifting over to the side of the road, so he ends up getting pulled over. So he gets pulled over, and they're asking him, you know, what's the problem? You know, we see you drifting and all that. And Jeffrey, he was like a real smooth talker. Like, he was just really smart. He was able to get out of trouble pretty much, you know. He could tell people into anything. So he was able to talk them out of arresting him and all that. He said, you know, um, I'm really messed up by my parents' divorce right now. I just want to head to the dump and get some fresh air, you know, clear my head. And so they let him off. They just let him. I don't think he even got a warning, a ticket or anything. They just let him off. And he, after they let him off and they... Just imagine, though. And then it's like, oh, sir, it's not alcohol. Right. Mm. You know what I'm saying? 
Let us pull you over here, you know what I'm saying? Step out the car. Let us Right, the right. You know what I'm saying? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, the thing is, there's another time where the police just completely, they, oh my God. I, I feel so, you'll see, but wow, the police really fucked up on this one. Like, they, whew, they really did. But okay, so Dahmer says, fuck that. He turns around, he goes back home, and he just buries the remains under the house for the time being. A few weeks later, he goes back and he exhumes the remains, and he smashes them with a sledgehammer, goes to the back of the house, and spins around in a circle, just swinging them out. Just, just you know, <laughs> just swinging out the shattered remains all over the backyard and stuff. Just probably having a good old time with it. So, shortly after, his dad came back to visit and discovered Joyce had left with her youngest son, leaving Jeffrey by himself. So he moved back in to be with his son. Jeffrey's drinking was getting so bad that he literally drank through his first quarter at Ohio State University and dropped out. His dad was worried and encouraged him to join the Army, and he did. And then after basic training, he left for a hospital in San Antonio, Texas, for training as a field medic. Later on, he was sent for a tour in Germany, which put him back on the drinking binge, and he was discharged. And then after the discharge, Jeffrey moved to Miami and lived out of a motel. But he was drinking so much that it was eating up all of his money, so he moved out of the motel and started sleeping on the beach. Because getting drunk is obviously more important than having a place to stay. He eventually reached out to his father for money, but instead his father offered to bring him back home. So... Dahmer's back home, and his dad sees that his drinking's gotten worse, so, Je so Jeffrey's dad sent him to live with his grandma instead. He lived in Milwaukee, because he wasn't putting up with that shit no more. He wasn't about to fund his drinking. He wasn't about to deal with him being drunk all the time and not giving a fuck about anything else. Shit, YOLO. <laughs> 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 so, while living with his grandma, Dahmer was able to stop drinking, and he even started going to church. Three years later, it seemed to be the best thing for him. You know, he was good. He was clean. He, he was straight. You know, he was good. Dahmer even claimed that during this time, a man offered to have sex with him and that he declined it. But then he went back later and said that... <laughs> no, basically, though, he went back later and he said that this encounter had kind of resurfaced everything that he had buried deep down. Like, it just kind of... it Yeah, it, it fucked him up. So, Jeffrey didn't want a regular relationship. He basically wanted a sex slave. He was a dominant, looking for a submissive, who would please him, but he wouldn't have to please. Craving this type of relationship, Dahmer stole a mannequin and kept it in his room. Where the fuck did he get a mannequin from? I don't know. Like, how you gonna let it do just... Oh, my God. It really is. That, yeah, that don't make no sense. He saw that and he wanted that. He walking down the down with coat on the mannequin and everything, walking out the mall like it's his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> Stop. Okay, so eventually his grandma found the mannequin and told him to get rid of it. And the mannequin was weird, <laughs> but maybe she would let him keep it. He wouldn't have started doing what he's about to start doing, you know, because either I play with this mannequin. Oh, I'm you. Really, that? <laughs> and she, I don't know, like maybe, who, who knows if it would have helped, but I'm just saying, you know, at this point, hell, just needs something to keep his mind off of going and actually killing somebody, you know? 
And then also, he was arrested twice for indecent exposure in 1982 and 1986. And then the second offense, it was because he was masturbating in front of two boys, which is weird as fuck. And I couldn't find much detail on this. I only heard it in one documentary, but what you doing? You know, that fucking creep. Okay, so. <laughs> With the mannequin gone, Jeffrey needed other ways to fulfill his fantasies and started to explore the gay bars, clubs, and so on. His favorite hangout spots became a bathhouse where gay men, where gay men would go for one-night stands. Back at these bathhouses, he would offer men drinks, laced with sleeping pills, which kind of became his thing, you know, just getting them drinks, laced with sleeping pills, wait till he knocked out, boom. <laughs> okay, so he would offer men drinks, laced with sleeping pills, and once they were knocked out, he would lay over their bodies and listen to their heartbeats and insides. Being like doing the shit he was doing with the animals, I'm just saying, you know, weird ass dude. I don't know. So shortly after, one of the men was sent to the emergency room due to an overdose on the sleeping pills, and then he was banned from the bathhouse. So determined to fulfill his needs. You <laughs> know, and it, I'm pretty. I think they happened pretty fast too. Like. And he wasn't even at the bathhouse for too long. They didn't even lock him up. No. Nah. And I don't know why. <laughs> they just banned him. But, um, yeah, so. <laughs> okay, so. Determined to fulfill his needs, Dahmer moved on to the gay clubs and bars, which became his hunting grounds. And then actually, like, people found him attractive. Like, I was watching a documentary and they was like, oh, he was kind of a honey dip, you know. Like, he literally said that. Like, he said that they was feeling him at the club and he he, he was popular and every, all of that. You said what? I said I got smoked up. Oh, stop it. But, yeah, so he was popular. This is where it really all starts. On the night of September 15th, 1987, Dahmer made Steve Tuomi at one of the clubs and brought him back to the Ambassador Motor Hotel. At the hotel, Dahmer laced Steve's drink with sleeping pills. Dahmer claimed that he planned to only spend the night, and I don't know, maybe he really did. But when Dahmer woke up the next day, he had bruises on his arms, and Steve was hanging off of the bed with a bruised chest and bloody mouth. It's like, how you just straight up kill somebody in your sleep? I mean, while you blacked out. Like, I don't know. I feel like that's, that's some shit that I could do, you know. But whatever. Who knows? Dahmer had, no re- Dahmer had no recollection of the night before, but he knew he must have beat him to death. So to sneak the body out, he bought a suitcase and caught a taxi back to his grandmother's house where he dismembered the body. After this, shit got crazy. He decided that he didn't want to be that he didn't want a man to be submissive to him for just one night, but that he wanted to be submissive to him forever. So Dahmer picked up a 14-year-old boy named James Doxtator at a bus stop. and off- jail, buddy. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> but yeah, so Dahmer picked up 14-year-old James Doxtator at a bus stop and offered the young boy $50 to take naked pictures. Back at his grandma's house, Dahmer drugged James and strangled him to death. He kept James' body in the basement and continued to have sex with it. 
So he at this point he's having sex with dead bodies. Yes. Yes, he is. So yeah. He continues to have sex with the body. After the body starts to decay, he dismembered and disposed of the body. Two months later, he picked up 25-year-old Richard. I don't want to mess this guy's name up, but I didn't hear anybody say it. So I'm gonna try, but 25-year-old Richard Guerrero. I feel like that's right. From a gay bar and took him back to his grandma's house where he drugged and strangled him just like he did with James. Dahmer spent a few hours with Richard's body, then dismembered him and placed the pieces in trash bags to be taken out with the rest of the trash. At this point, Dahmer's grandma was tired of the alcoholism, late nights, and all the foul odors coming from his room. And so she kicked him out. I mean, honestly, when you start smelling weird smells, I don't know why you don't say something the second you smell something. Like, nothing good can be coming from some weird-ass smell that's in somebody's room. You got that skunk up in there? There's something going on. I'm just saying. I would have been checked on that. But okay. After this, Dahmer moved into Oxford Oxford Apartments on the west side of Milwaukee, where his killings became more, fre- more frequent and more grotesque. At his new home, Dahmer lured a 13-year-old boy into his apartment and tried to make sexual advances on him, scaring the boy off. So the boy escaped, and Dahmer was only charged with second-degree sexual assault for the 13-year-old and was put in a work release program, which meant he would have to spend nights in, in a prison. Yeah, yeah. Right. They, and, mm. Yeah, and what later on is fucked up. Because this little boy... Okay, so anyway. Ten days before his sentence began, he met Anthony Sears at a gay club and killed him. He mummified Anthony's head and genitals and kept them in his locker at his job at the chocolate factory. You know, just casual. Real casual with it. (laughs) That's so gross. Oh my God, that is disgusting. Okay. Once out of jail, he moved to an apartment close to the gay club. Three weeks later, he began, he began a killing spree that lasted for a whole year. Dahmer's next victim, 14-year-old... Con- uh, they didn't say anything about it. They just jumped to... He got sentenced to the what he was doing, being doing the work for this program. Oh, I thought he had like a birthday coming up. Because you said 10 days before something. I said 10 days before his sentence began. So he probably did go to court for it, and they just worked out a little... A little deal and it was that he'll be out during the day working and then at night he gotta go to prison they really should have i don't understand why they didn't that so second really it's the second time that police don't let him get away with something so okay listen to this Dahmer's next victim 14 year old conorak sent phone ended up being the 13 year old he it ended up being the 13 year old brother that he was previously jailed for so, the boy I was just talking about, this is his brother. Okay. After drugging Conorak, Dahmer went on a liquor run. And while he was gone, the little boy woke up and he was able to make it outside. So, naked, bruised, and bloody, he raised the suspicion of a neighbor who called 911 to report it.
Okay, hi, um, this, um, I'm on 25th Estate, and this is young man, he is butt naked, he has been beaten up, he is very bruised up, he can't stand, he's study fall out, he has, he is butt naked, he has no clothes on, he is really hurt, and I, you know, I ain't got no court on him, I just seen him, and he needs some help on him. Where's he at? On 25th Estate, the corner of 25th Estate. But when the police responded to the scene, Dahmer was able to convince them that Conorak was his boyfriend and that they got into a drunken argument. He also told them that he was 19 years old instead of 14 years old. He even brought the police into his apartment and showed them Polaroids of Conorak as proof of their relationship. And when the police left, he murdered him. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And this is the one I was talking about where if they would have just saw he was a 14-year-old boy, no way that 14-year-old boy was like a 19-year-old man. No way. Yeah. And I know this family. I feel I I know they feel terrible. I feel so bad for them because the first son that's what I was saying. That's why I went back in. <laughs> like their first kid was a victim of it and then their second kid got killed because like the police really just failed this family, this boy, and it, it is just terrible really and I I feel so bad for them. My heart goes out to them. Hmm. This was happening in Wisconsin, Milwaukee. That sounds about right. <laughs> it sounds about white. <laughs> okay. Okay. So the victim's bodies started to pile up. You know, Dahmer tripping over their bodies and corpses left and right. He like, damn, I need to need to clean up a little bit. You know. How how are you getting around the house? <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of bodies just laying I don't know. That's don't what you do know, when you're a fucking sicko. Police came to your house and didn't smell that. Dude, he, he's getting away with so much. Like, look, later on, even a na- neighbors are like, we always, we, it was some weird shit going on. We heard things. We smelled things. Okay, but look, look. So, so the victim's body started to pile up, and Dahmer went and bought a 57-gallon drum and filled it with acid. He put the body parts in the drum, and once the pizza, once the pieces had completely dissolved, he would flush the sludge down the toilet, like a gross ass dude. Some body parts he would boil, causing the stench to fill the apartment. And then, like, <laughs> okay, so, so, huh? You boiling body parts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Body parts that's been laying around in the heat, sunny day. Yes, he's fucking gross. And then I was going to interrupt the clip, but I figured no one want to just hear her say it. But there was one neighbor that was like, she 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 would smell stuff and and hit, like smell him cooking. But she was like, he never came back with no groceries. What he, what was he cooking? And she said it would smell like chitlins up in there. Chitlins. Like she like, what is he? Is it chitlins? Is he cooking chitlins? Like she really oh, yeah. said that. You know we eat chitlins over here. <laughs> Oh man, so you, you know. <laughs> like that was just disgusting. Even um another neighbor said that he would hear Jeffrey yelling and then the neighbor would sit and wait but not hear anybody yell back. You know, like so he just over there shouting, You look what you see what you made me did? You know what you and then he, no one's listening, no one's up. Fuck. On a few victims he drilled holes into their skulls and injected acid into their brains, hoping to create some type of zombie. And then after the zombie experiment didn't work, he started eating pieces of the victim's flesh, hoping to keep a part of them with him. So like I said earlier, 
he wanted someone that would be there with him forever to submit to him forever. So he wanted a zombie to where he could just, I guess, fuck him silly. Like so he actually wanted a zombie zombie? He wanted someone who was just, who wouldn't, wouldn't resist him. I don't feel like this. If I'm a, if I'm a what is it, a cannibal? Yeah. Whatever, if I'm gonna eat another person's flesh, I want to eat it fresh. I, I, I don't want <laughs> I'm not going to no. lay up a couple few, you know what I'm saying, a couple weeks. Yeah. And like, hmm, you know, that rib looking tasty. Let me But like, his thing is like, it was sex based, but it was also him being a fucking creep and wanting to oh Keep the victims with him in any way he could. He does some shit similar to that. Really, (laughs) wait and listen. Hold on, because trust me, it gets worse. Okay, so. There's no head attached, but you know. Dude, listen. He's a fucking sicko. Okay, so like I said, uh, when the zombie experiment didn't work, he started eating pieces of the victim's flesh, hoping to keep a part of them with him. So, finally, on on July 22nd, 1991, Dahmer lured Tracy Edwards into his apartment, and inside the apartment, Dahmer tried to handcuff him, but Tracy was able to fight Dahmer off and flee the apartment. Man, really, like, I, I'm starting to feel like he may be in a weak-ass dude, I'm just saying, because I don't know. Dude, dude got a way, it seems. He's already gonna fail. <laughs> but yeah, okay, so... Uh, he tried to handcuff him, but Tracy was able to fight him off and flee the apartment with only one wrist handcuffed. And lucky enough for Tracy, like, thank God, when he got out of the apartment, he happened to run into a police car and was able to, like, wave them down and get them to come into the, and, like, you know, talk to them or whatever. And then he led them back to Dharma's apartment. Well, we just, uh, had a sex. <laughs> I don't know what he... No, 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 wait, wait, tr- trust me, no, no. This is where it actually happens, finally. Okay, so back inside Dahmer's apartment, police found 83 Polaroids of bodies in varying stages of decay. In the kitchen, there were four severed heads in the refrigerator, along with seven skulls. The 57-gallon drum that contained three different torsos, and the freezer with dismembered limbs and flesh. And then pots were filled with mummified hands. So, he's caught. That's over with. It's done. Dahmer ended up with a 159-page confession. And I'm just saying, that's a lot of talking. That You know how much that pages, is? Like, he's a snitch snitch. <laughs> I mean, he's snitching on himself, though. Like... Well, I guess. I mean, since I snitched on itself, it's 159 now, bro. But look. 159 pages? You better not let me come back. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so I'm just saying, I don't know what a regular page confession is, but it's not 159 pages. Oh, so. shit. Well, I'm from, you know what I'm saying? Regular page confession is there is no page. Zero pages. Up. Can't even get my mouth open. But he snitched, he's not snitching on nobody. He snitched. I was with my girl, bro. Boy, hush. Okay, so look. His trial began on January 30th, 1992, where he was facing 15 murder charges out of the 17 that he was indicted for. I don't know why, but for some reason, he wasn't charged with the attempted murder of Tracy Edwards when clearly his intent was to kill him. 
I mean, like, I guess because Tracy didn't really have, like, bruises on him or anything, but he was out there with a handcuff on him. Like, dude was about to handcuff him up and fuck with him. But whatever. So he didn't get charged with that attempted murder. So. Weird flex. All right. Really, though. So an an excerpt from Dahmer's confession said that he had filleted one of the victim's heart. He kept it in the freezer along with the victim's bicep. He said he attempted to eat the thigh muscle, but it was so tough he could hardly chew it. So this motherfucker goes out to the grocery store and buys a tenderizer to try and get the meat all tender and stuff for him. Sure put it in the oven at 385. But be- <laughs> no, I think. Shut up. Okay. (laughs) How to eat your victims 101 over here. Anyway. So, and also, like, he would make, like, little slits in the muscles, I guess anywhere on the body, and fuck them. He would fuck the the dead body, cut a little slit of them for his penis, and put his period reader in there and fuck them. So, yeah. He's fucking, he got some issues. Right. Right. I I wonder what it feels like. (laughs) (laughs) But, okay, so... Dahmer's defense team wanted to try for the insanity plea, but Milwaukee's law was super strict with the definition of insanity, and his defense team had to prove that he had a mental illness and that he didn't know right from wrong, which we all know he fucking knew right from wrong because that's why he was drinking so much. Like, he knew he wasn't supposed to be doing this. He just, I guess, couldn't help himself. I don't know. Obviously, he couldn't help himself, too, because he went three years without killing with his grandma, you know? So, Whatever. So necrophilia, which was Dahmer's main thing that he was class, which was Dahmer's main thing, was classified as a sexual disorder and not a mental illness. And necrophilia basically means fucking dead bodies. You know, that's what that is. So he was found legally sane. He had borderline personality disorder, but that shit doesn't make you do the shit that he did, and it doesn't make you legally insane. You know, it's something that can be treated, and you can live out in society with that. Nothing, you'll you'll be good, basically. So, Dahmer made a statement, quote, I feel so bad for what I did to those poor families, and I understand the rightful hate. I've seen their tears, and if I could give my life right now, this is during the trial right now. So, like, the the families have gotten up and talked and stuff. One girl was was going crazy. Like, she was yelling, saying, fuck you, I hate you. Yeah, no, this is in court right now. You know what I'm saying? After I killed them. No. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, this is um during trial. You know, he's gotten caught because of Tracy Edwards and all that. And so during trial, this is when he's saying this in front of the families and all that. So yeah, he's saying, I've seen their tears and I could give my life right now to bring their loved ones back. I would do it. I'm oh, so very sorry. Penalty? Bro, listen, yeah, I wish. Saying, Electric chair, please. I, I heard no, look, okay, he listen. Said, give my life. Listen, listen, I fucking wish. Listen. So after a two-week trial, Don was found sane and guilty on all 15 counts of murder. He was sentenced to 15 life terms, totaling 957 years in prison. So fuck him. To be served at the Columbia Correctional Institution in Portage, Wisconsin. So this is why. 157 years in prison. Why would they even waste? Because <laughs> they childish. Why would they even waste the room in prison though? They they just kill him. But no, okay, so. 157 years. He ain't going nowhere. Bro. Listen, listen. He can't get 
he can't get parole until his three hundred a year, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know American Childs with that shit. Twelve hundred years in prison. Why? Uh, parole after nine hundred years. Yeah, man, go be a god over that way. <laughs> and when you come back, you're still arrested. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Um, Wisconsin abolished capital punishment in 1853, so no electric chair for this guy, no lethal injection, nothing. But I wish he would have gotten that, because I'm just saying I would love to watch him fucking fry, but can't do that. So during his time in prison, Dahmer started to get into religion, of fucking course, and he even got baptized by a local preacher, Rory Ratcliffe. And a few months later, on November 28, 1994, Jeffrey Dahmer was bludgeoned to death with a metal rod from the prison gym by a fellow inmate named Christopher Scarver. So, great. Good fucking job, my guy. You got him out of there. Christopher Scarver, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I'm going to give you the Nobel Peace Prize. And like... People like you that deserve things, you know. We appreciate you. He a hero. He a hero. But yeah, and so I'm just saying also, I think that is fair. No, look, actually, I'm about to explain that in a second, like what actually happened during that. But yeah, and I think it's fair that Christopher Scarver was black and then most of Jeffrey Dahmer's victims were black. So I'm just saying it came around. But. (laughs) No, Jeffrey Dahmer's white, but I'm saying that most of Jeffrey Dahmer's victims were black and then the guy who killed Jeffrey Dahmer was black. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, so. um, yeah, I get it. Yeah, so. Yeah. What? I don't know. Seems kind of racist. Huh? I mean, he was just killing black. Oh, no, no, no. It's not that he, I think he was just attracted yeah. more to black. Like, he, he really was gay, so, you know, he was going after guys that he would pick guys he was attracted to and, and try to fuck with them. Seems racist. Uh, I want that black guy. I'm not going to say that. I mean. I'm going to kill that black guy. <laughs> No, okay, look. So they found one white person that he killed. No, he has he has victims of, of all races, but oh, okay. most of them were black. I'm saying that sometimes. I think he, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm gonna call somebody if they racist, <laughs> but I'm just saying, I he he just was attracted more to black people, I think. But anyway, yeah. So, um, I researched it a little bit, and what actually happened is that Christopher Scarver, a guy, what was his name, um. I think it was Jesse Anderson and Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, they were all assigned to clean, I think it was the bathroom in the prison. And so, you know, they're doing their job or whatever. And the Christopher Scarver guy has his back turned. And I think he said he was filling up a mop bucket or something. And he felt something poke him in the back. And he like, the fuck? And so, you know, he turned around and <laughs> he turned around and Jesse Anderson and Jeffrey Dahmer. No, nah, shut up. Look, so he turned around. They were there giggling. He like, well, shit, I don't know who did it, so I'm going to kill them both. And so he ended up cornering Jeffrey by himself. And before he killed Jeffrey, like, Christopher Scarver used to keep clippings of the um, newspaper that was reporting Jeffrey's killings and stuff. So Christopher Scarver had it out for him, really. And he even admits that, well, he's, he claims that the police guards kind of set it up, too, for them to all be in there together, whatever. And so... Before he kills Jeffrey, he pulls out them clippings and he's like, did you do this? Did you enjoy this? Or something like that. And then he killed him, you know. And he also killed Jesse Anderson too. So, yeah. 
that's into that. Yeah, no, you know, and also, um, Jeffrey Dahmer, like, according to Christopher Scarver, Jeffrey Dahmer was being kind of a prick in jail. Like, he he was fuck if he saw someone was nervous, he would be like, huh, I'll bite, and just weird shit like that, and like recreate like limbs or some shit, do some weird shit with the food to make it appear like it's a victim type of thing, and squirt ketchup all over it for blood, and just weird stuff like that. Like he was just a prick to the end. Is really what it is. So I'm going to list off all his victims, you know, kind of pay tribute to them. So and it, he he killed 17 people, but he was only charged for 15. So I'm going to name all 17. So Stephen Hicks, age 19. Stephen Tuomi, age 26. James Doxtator, age 14. Richard Guerrero, age 25. Anthony Sears, age 26. Eddie Smith, age 36. Ricky Beeks, age 27. Ernest Miller, age 22. David Thomas, age 23. Curtis Strader, age 19. How can you kill this many people? This Errol Lindsay, age 19. Tony Hughes, age 31. Connor Rex and Thansom Phone, age 14. That little, that's the boy that, that's the one people that I called up by name. Sent Thansom Phone. Sent Thansom Phone. Boy, stop. <laughs> really? Matt Turner, age 20. Jeremiah Weinberger, age 23. Oliver Lacey, age 23. Joseph Brad mm. Braidhoft? I don't know. Joseph Braidhoft, age 25. And that was the case of Jeffrey Dahmer. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. You can literally write anything in the review. I don't care. But I would really appreciate the five stars. Thank you all and see you guys next week.